It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. This is the Plan with Dan podcast. We're going to help you learn a little bit more about what it looks like to properly plan for your financial future and for retirement. On today's show, Walter Storholt here with Dan Betzel. He's the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gahanna near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. And Dan, I think we're going to have an interesting discussion today because we're going to be talking about spousal conflicts. And Absolutely. I think we actually did a podcast a while back that was on spousal disagreements, where we talked a little bit about you know some of the areas where spouses might uh, disagree, in particular about retirement planning, or it was a little bit more about like the personalities of risk versus safety and that kind of thing. I'm going to view this as an extension of that, but we're going to talk more broadly just about the different money conflicts that might arise within a spousal situation. And certainly one that we probably can all identify with is when you have a situation where one of you is a saver and one of you is a spender and how you handle that conflict and ultimately how that ends up impacting us as we prepare for things like retirement and you know planning for our financial future. Do you see this a lot in your office, Dan, when you're working with couples and trying to navigate these waters? You know, um, absolutely. And it's actually one of my, my favorite issues to help um, my clients, you know, mitigate. And, you know, maybe it comes from all, you know, the years when I was still practicing law, but I used to see, I mean, so many divorces, you know, uh, you know, over money. And um, even you know, hopefully if, if it ever even comes to that point, there's there's still a lot of a lot of tension and it kind of resurfaces its, you know, its its head often when you start talking about pre-retirement planning. So, you know, I, I absolutely love the areas of behavioral finance or, you know, money dynamics and, you know, uh, the impact, you know, that our thinking has on how we view money because there's a lot of emotion, you know, involved in money. And so I, I'm thinking about not too long ago, a couple come in and, you know, I'd be shocking to some of the guys out there, but a lot of people think, oh, you know, the man is the saver and it's the woman who spends all the money. And, you know, that's, I have to admit, Walter, it's not been my experience of real people in, in my office. It's usually the opposite. Yeah, my wife is extremely frugal in, in yeah. almost every way, shape, and form. I'm yeah, the one who, yeah. you know, we've worked to earn this. Let's, let's, let's treat ourselves to this. Let's do this, you know. <laughs> I'm exactly the same way. My wife is, thank goodness, you know, she's kept the reins, you know, in. Uh, the only time my wife it doesn't feel that way is if the kids need something, then suddenly I'm like, well, you know, maybe, maybe they can earn it themselves. And she's like, no, we need to help them. Interesting. But, uh, for my wife, it would be the dogs. Yes. Yeah, if the dogs need something, <laughs> nothing is too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Um, so, you know, because this is such a, an important, I think, and significant topic, you know, uh, I've actually come up with a with both a, um, a webinar that you can access on my YouTube channel as, as well as a, a little booklet that you can work through, you know, something for couples to work through. I call it, you know, your money demons. And, um, you know, basically, you know, it tries to like help you kind of look down inside of you and become more aware or more conscious, you know, about your relationship with money and how it impacts, you know, how you how you treat money today. And and usually it stems from something, you know, we learn directly or you know, indirectly from our childhood, you know, you might want to call it, you know, voices from the past. Um, you know, uh, like my parents were immigrants, and you know, money was was tight. So you think that would have made me also feel very that way about money, but I almost had the exact opposite reaction on me. Now, um, have siblings who took that 
message to heart. And so that they, you know, so it's interesting. It's not so much the incident itself, but it's how you perceived and how you've internalized that incident. And I think it's really good for couples. I mean, the first step, you know, is to get really clear about your partner's, you know, history of their money habits. And I think if you listen and you have open heart and you have some goodwill toward that person, which of course, you know, you should have if that's your spouse, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to help create a context of understanding and compassionate. And you might understand like, you know, in a very, very stressful situation, maybe why one person wants to go out shopping and the other person feels that they can't spend a penny because of the exact same situation that they're facing. It's very, very interesting. So I would say step number one, you know, is is either go on my website watch my video, download my um, booklet on money demons, or at least sit down and have a good conversation, you know, with your, uh, your spouse, your significant other about their views on money and where those views might come from. What we'll actually do is we can put a link to those resources in the description of today's episode. So just check out the description of the d- episode for today, and we'll include links to those things where you can go and listen to them and, uh, and, and get that, that guide that Dan was talking about as well. That'll be a great resource for you. So Sounds like step one, Dan, definitely comes down to communication, as does, you know, a lot of being married in marriage. A lot of it's about how well you're communicating and that sort of thing. Absolutely. So I'd say step one is really get clear, be willing to reveal and talk about, you know, what you might call your money baggage, you know, for the better and the worse. And step number two, and there's a lot of resistance with this, and I understand that, but it's really clear, I think, to create a budget you know, that both spouses can live with. So I think once you have a better understanding of your significant other's, you know, relationship with money, you know, sit down and create a budget. But here's the kicker, right? It has to be a budget that works for both parties. Hmm. You know, so you're going to break down how much income you have coming in and what your fixed expenses are. And then the discretionary spending, like entertainment, dining out and travel, and really, really, uh, you know, have, have a conversation, a deep conversation about what each person is comfortable spending and saving and and reconcile those amounts so that you can have true agreement. And it's about give and take. And the more conservative person, you know, has to feel comfortable with the spending. And the one who spends can't feel overly constrained. It's kind of that golden mean, you know, finding that balance that's going to work. And I just think it's uh, it's really interesting. I had one couple that the solution they came up with a few weeks later when they came back isn't really the one that I would have come up with, but they actually had a joint account and then he had his checking account and she had her checking account and it was really interesting. It was it works really well for them. So they both contribute to the joint checking account to pay for all those things like housing, car insurance, childcare, groceries, and then each couple had their own checking account that was money for them to spend and see as as they saw fit. And I thought that was a really interesting way. You know, of course, to make this work, you know, the the contribution to the joint account had to be proportional, you know, to each each person's salaries and and both persons, you know, have to be committed to that. But I thought that was a really an interesting way to approach it. So step number one, as I said, is, you know, to, to know your money baggage, you know, talk about your money demons and create a budget that you can both live with. And I think the third rule of the third principle that I would recommend is, is to agree on a, on a spending threshold. Now for everyone, it's going to be different, every family, but, you know, set a spending limit. Each person can spend without having to consult the other person. And then anything over that, you know, you're going to agree that before I purchase this, we're going to sit down and have a talk. So uh, this is actually a funny story from my wife's family. 
And, you know, my, my in-laws were always wonderful to me. I've known them since I was in eighth grade and, and they were great. But, you know, when years, years later, they would always be talking about the family dynamics and the family money. And the kids, the, their three daughters would say, oh, yeah, I remember that time that that dad came home and he and three of his friends bought an airplane and there was like no talking in the house for like a month because mom was so mad at him. <laughs> uh, and I thought that was really funny. Oh, wow. I mean, it was funny years later, you know, and he, they, they would all laugh then. But, you know, he he and three of his friends bought a used airplane and he didn't run that by her first. And that, she that wasn't, wasn't in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was above the threshold, whatever that threshold is. Um, you know, and, and I, I think that's really a great rule to have. So, you know, if the wife or the husband sees something for you know thirty, forty, fifty dollars, whatever the threshold is for your family and your budget and your financial you know sensitivity. You know they're able to get that, and they don't have to like get permission. And I think that often can take away a lot of the tension. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I know one thing that uh, my wife and I have done to try and just make sure our spending stays under control, but also being somewhat averse to you know sticking to a strict budget in the traditional yeah. sense is to try and find some sort of hybrid. And rather than trying to budget every single dollar and go through every... Because there are things like gas where mm-hmm. it's just going to be what it is in, in right. our minds. You know, right. like some weeks it's going to be big and then other weeks, other months we might, you know, go to the beach to visit family once or twice. And so then the, you know, that expense is going to be really big that month, you know, and we just don't worry about the things that are just, you know, that sort of lifestyle. They're going to be somewhat the same to average out, but we're not going to try and, you know, spend the energy tracking that. And in terms of lifestyle, we're not going to probably ever go, oh, I don't know, should we spend the $50 in gas to get to the beach and back this weekend? Right, exactly. Kind of discussion. However, we saw that a lot of money was going out the door when it came to food <laughs> and yes, eating yes. out and spending too much at the grocery store and, and a lot of that kind of stuff. And so we said, that's our biggest area of need. So we put ourselves on a budget for that category. And we said, here's what we're spending now. Here's what would be more reasonable, but that we think would still give us some freedom to in, enjoy it, but should make it much less you know, money going out of the pockets than is currently happening. And so we live on a budget on that particular category. And so we assign kind of a combo account, if you will. We actually, it's kind of cool. Someone might find this interesting, Dan. If you're familiar with sort of the Dave Ramsey envelope system, Mm -hmm. um, this I would say is kind of a digital version of that. It's kind of funny. It's actually meant for kids, but Uh there's a thing called FAMZOO, F-A-M-ZOO. And it's really meant to teach your kids about money, but it's, uh, you know, a debit card system where you have like a main account and then you can have as many cards as you want that get you know created from that and the idea is you give one to your each of your kids and then you know you and your wife can have one as well and then the parent of the account can then assign dollars to those different cards and so what we did was we instead of creating you know kid cards we created food cards Uh so my wife and i have a grocery card that is tied into the same amount and then we each get an additional card that is more of an allowance if you will because I tend to like to spend a little bit of extra money on I like going out to lunch on the work day more often than my wife does. I like to get a cup of coffee sometimes in the morning. So I use that from, you know, sort of my discretionary spending on those cards. And then she uses her little discretionary spending for other things that, you know, I don't have coming off the ledger. And so we each kind of have that amount that we can play with. But that helped us but we know that that parent that parent card, that one that one that we share once that hits zero for the month, we've got to make do with whatever's in the in the refrigerator because <laughs> we you know, hit I, our I, limit. I think that's I think that's a great a great way and a great story. But it's what's what it really I take from that, Walter, is that you know you and your wife sat down and you came to agreement on this and and it works for both of you. 
And I think that's you know that's the essence, right? Is is find a system that works. Like in my family, my wife and I, we always our budget was that we made sure that we invested the full amount that we wanted to invest. And of course, all the all the other fixed expenses. And then just like you, you know, we didn't have a fixed budget about the rest of it. The money that was left was for us to use. Yeah. So that's great. I'm, I'm so glad that's working for you. Um, and my guess is you're doing this, too. So my my fourth, uh, you know, my I guess my fourth rule or my fourth concept that I want people to consider is, you know, is is, you know, have like a regular money date. It doesn't sound very fun, does it? But like once a month. Or once a quarter, whenever, you know, sit down and review your finances and, you know, and figure out, you know, how much you're saving and, you know, what was spent last month and talk about, you know, any upcoming big expenses, you know, and, and plan for them and actually make it something fun and exciting to look forward to and not necessarily dread. And if you look forward and plan, I think that'll take a lot of the stress out of it. And, and I got to add this onto that, Dan. Yeah. Put it in writing too. Yeah, it's um, a good idea. It's a great idea. Take the extra time to put it in writing, create like a, a, make it like a board meeting, put it in minutes notes. You know, you're doing the minutes of the meeting because here's what's cool. Again, something my wife and I did on the first of every month, I email basically a financial update to her just saying sort of like, here's where everything stands with all of our accounts, our goals, when we had car debt and that kind of thing. You know, here's how much of the car debt is left. Here's the strategy. Here's where I anticipate we can pay it off. If we make these changes, we could have it paid off by this date and that kind of thing. And it's really interesting to then look back on those minutes, those notes a yeah. year later. Be like, look at that. We actually plan to pay this car off in 2019, but because we increased our amounts to XYZ, we were able to get rid of it at the end of 2017. We a whole year ahead of pace because we, you know, dedicated that extra energy to it. And it worked out, you know, even better than we'd planned. Or you can see where you have shortcomings where you had a goal three years ago to do XYZ and uh, maybe, you know, to get your emergency fund up to six months. And it's, you see three years later, you're still like, well, we're still stuck at only three months on the emergency fund. We're not doing a very good job of accomplishing this goal. Creating a little bit of accountability and it is really quite interesting and fun to look back at. Yeah. And it's also, you know, that your the communication that's going back and forth, I think is wonderful as well. But in my experience, you know, most people totally overestimate what they can get done like in a you know a, a month or or maybe even a you know quarter but they totally underestimate what you can get done in you know 3 to 5 years like a 3 to 5 year plan you know and it's exciting you know to get the cars paid off to get the house paid off and to begin to meet your financial goals and you know you can you can just suck that stress out of it so you know so my suggestions and you know I'm very lucky cuz I call it financial or spousal discourse about money but you know most people they have enormous goodwill toward their significant other and they, they just need maybe a little bit of help to um, pull some of the stress out. So, you know, I would say, again, the first step, you know, is to is to really get clear about, you know, your money baggage your money demons. You know, we all have them. Everybody has them. Like I said, you know, I, I mentioned anyone who knows me or comes in and sees me it usually comes up, you know, that um, I have this like child of immigrant mentality. And I remember one day um, driving down the street thinking, because my dad would always say, you know, well, that door is only going to open and shut so many times and then it's going to break and we won't have money to fix it, you know, or you know, money doesn't grow on trees. And I, I finally had this like epiphany. Well, it does grow on trees. You know, it's it's paper. <laughs> that was like a big, <laughs> big revelation to me. And I, and I began to see why I act some of the ways that I act. It's this unconscious message, you know, that I had. And it's nothing negative about our parents. You know, it's just how we interpret what they were saying. So, you know, number one, reveal, get really clear about your about your money demons and, and share that with 
with your spouse and, and and have that as a gateway to be more understanding and compassionate about their behaviors. And then and then sit down and just like you described, come up with a, a budget, you know, where you're budgeting those things that are important and, and a system, a way to communicate that, you know, you, then you're able to have the freedom, you know, outside of that budget, you know, to spend money in it with a sense of, you know, freedom and dignity, you know, and I think creating a spending threshold, you know, which fits right in there to what you're talking about. And then periodically, you know, whether it's once a month as you did or once a quarter, you know, have a have a regular money date. And it's I think it's only very rare that, you know, that couples aren't able to work this out because of enormous goodwill. You have the same goals. You know, you're, 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 it just helps you get in this uh, level of alignment, which is really wonderful when you see that happen and they begin to relax and they begin to move forward and they're able to actually enjoy and move into their, you know, financial retirement and peace of mind that they want. I'm trying to uh, picture telling my dad that growing up, uh, money doesn't grow on trees. Yes, it does. It's made of paper. And <laughs> what his um, reaction I, I, would be? I, I was I was in my fifties. Okay. I, oh, okay. It wasn't, okay. Gro- it wasn't growing up. I was like in my fifties. That's all. <laughs> Sorry if I. <laughs> That's too funny. No, no. I was and like, I wow, you you were very I gutsy. It, I didn't say it to him. I said it to myself in the car. Oh, okay. gotcha. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. Um, Yeah, if any kids are listening, try that and let us know what happens, um, how that goes over with your folks. Oh, right. (laughs) But no, I I see exactly what you're getting at there. So before we wrap up the podcast, Dan, tell us again those resources you were talking about earlier in the podcast about the, uh, you know, if if somebody's interested in maybe taking some steps forward with, you know, better communication about their funds and getting that spending under control, some of those resources you've kind of, uh, you know, tailored for this exact purpose. Yes, on my YouTube channel, I have uh, a couple webinars you might find interesting. One of them is your true purpose for money, and the other one is your money demons. I would probably, you could watch them in in, in either order, but they both deal with kind of the the emotional side of money, uh, behavioral finance, you know, why we are trying to get you to get clear, like why you um, feel the way you do about money. And there's also a workbook that you can download at the, at the same site um, to work through. It's something that you can do with yourself or with your significant other. And it's, it's just a tool to get you to become more conscious or more aware of the hidden beliefs that you have about money and how they may be impacting your money-making decisions today. And again, we'll put a link to those resources in today's episode description, so check it out there. You can also call Dan if you have any questions about your financial planning. It's 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Find him online as well at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. For Dan Betzel, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks so much for tuning in to the episode today. We'll talk to you next time on Plan With Dan. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.